he wasn't without problems, you know, a lot of problems, heartaches, difficulties, you know, family problems, and I guess maybe perhaps, yeah, viruses, pestilences, wars, you know, back then, all the same stuff that we face to do. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. You know, it's all been before, and it all will be again. You know, the Bible, uh, God, you know, assures us that there will be, you know. Yeah, there'll be pollution as well, sir. There'll be pestilences, viruses, that is, you know. God says, though, wars and rumors of wars, there will be, you know. And, of course, that's because, you see, you know, that uh, well, the whole of God's creation, you see, is out of sync because of man's sin, not just man himself, you know. But, of course, David, he prayed to God, you know, in the circumstances, whatever they were, whether they're happy or joyful, whether they're sad or distressed, troubled, you know, he brought the matters to God in prayer, you know. And it gives us many fine examples, you know, of how we want to learn to pray. Well, King David's the man to go to. He'll teach you. Listen up to what he says here in this Psalm, Psalm 41, if you want to check it out in verse 4. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. See what I mean? That's uh, the thing to do, you know, whatever it be. And of course, well, more in particular your sin, you know. Come to God with it, you know, and seek God's forgiveness. Well, that men would pray, God says, you know, in the Bible. You know, in the Bible, God says, you know, that uh, he hears the cries of the ravens. Well, I mean, if he hears, if he hears the cries of the ravens, how much more will he hear men and women made in the image of God, you know, of himself? Oh, you know, maybe, you know, like the Bible also says, maybe you haven't got because you don't ask, you know. Maybe, maybe perhaps you, you can't find God for the same reason that you can't find a policeman, eh? You know, because you don't want to, you know, a thief. thief says can't find a policeman because he doesn't want to, that's why. So you see, my friends, uh, you know, what I want to say is, you know, bring it, bring it to God in prayer because he hears and he answers prayers, you know, of the weakest, you know, in distress, in your trouble. Bring it to God in prayer because he hears and he answers prayer. That's how we come to know God. It's a starting place, if you like, you know. You don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be in a cathedral. You know, you don't have to be, you know, uh, uh, with religious people in a religious setting, you know. My friends, you just have to be where you are, you know, and lift your voice up to God in prayer. And uh, he assures us, you know, that if you will seek him with all your heart, you'll find him, you know, that uh, call upon me in the day of trouble, he says. I mean, what an encouragement is that, you know? Is this not a day of trouble? I mean, you know, you know how the virus came, don't you? God sent it. God sent it. God's the God of providence. He's in control all sovereignly, in control of everything that falls out in this world. Even a sparrow that falls to the ground by God's decree and will. So the, the virus, God sent it. It's only God that will take it away. 
you know? But you look to the Prime Minister, you complain about them, you look to the scientists, the medics, the NHS, they can't take it away. Huh? Only God take it away, my friends. So that's what you ought to be doing. Instead of complaining, moaning about it, you ought to be going to God in prayer, on your knees, crying out to God that he would take it away. He sent it, he'll take it away in his good time and pleasure. Call upon me, he says, in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. And surely, surely, uh, you would reckon this is a day of trouble. Well, for many, many people, many are sick, many are vulnerable, and of course, um, well, you know, many are lonely, depressed, and well, the list just goes on, you know. Unemployment, businesses collapsing. It's a day of trouble. And a day, my friends, in which you should be calling, calling, says God upon me. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. So King David, he calls upon God in his distress. He calls because he knows God. He's a righteous man by faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he calls upon God because he knows that God is the one who answers prayer, is able to answer prayer. And he does so because, well, because he's merciful. Uh, he says here, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. He knows that God is merciful, and he is indeed. Oh, he's a God of holiness. Nothing to do with sin. Hate sin. Do not do this thing, he says, that I hate. No, God is a holy, holy, holy God. No truck was sin, not, not whatsoever. That's why we need Jesus, because we're all sinners, you see. And the only way that we can have, have access to God with our prayers is through Jesus Christ, the only mediator. Not through some pope or some, some priest. Not, my friends, just yourself. Going to Jesus, the mediator, the only mediator. And he take your prayers to God, you see, in order that they be answered. It's Jesus that you must go to. God is holy. And the distance between you and God separated between you and God because of your iniquities, because of your sin. That's why we need Jesus, why we need a mediator, why we need somebody to bring us to and to reconcile us to God. God's a God of holiness and justice. He will judge the world in righteousness. The ungodly, King David says, shall not stand in the judgment. Well, how can they without a mediator, uh, without somebody to deal with their sin, you know? If your sin's not dealt with, if your sin's not treated, if your sin's not taken away, then my friends, you face the judgment of God, the full, fulsome wrath of God. But of course, God being merciful as well as being just, he provided us with a mediator. He provided us with a savior, one with the ability to deal with our sin, to take it away. That's why he's called in the New Testament, the Lamb of God, Jesus that is, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, and would take yours away, and give you access to God, you see. But through Jesus Christ, his son, nobody else can deal with your sin. 
Nobody else can deal with your lawless deeds. Nobody else can deal with your iniquities. But God, being merciful, you see, has appointed, anointed, and sent the Son into the world. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, my friends, to reconcile men and women to God. He's a righteous God, you see. He's righteous. We are unrighteous to a man, to a woman. Wanting for righteousness. A righteousness that says, God, your self-righteousness. That, you know, like, I'm okay, thank you. I'm a good person, thank you. I'm a respectable person, etc., etc. You know what I mean? Self-righteousness. I, 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 me, me, me. I can do it myself. No, you can't. But that self-righteousness, God says, is like filthy rags in his sight, untouchable, filthy, dirty, unclean, defiled. That's your righteousness. And so, my friends, you see, you need another. You need God's righteousness, which is found, which is revealed to us in the gospel, in the good news concerning your son, Jesus Christ, sent into the world uh, to die for the ungodly, to die for sinners. So that the sinner who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in faith that is, believing, is saved, you know, and is declared by God to be righteous, perfectly righteous, and therefore acceptable in the sight of God. So God, you see, is God, God is love, God is just, God is holy, God is righteous, all these things, but he's also He's merciful. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. David knows that God is merciful. He's a God of pity and he, he delivers men and women who call upon him. Delivers them from their misery and the wretchedness of their state and condition in this world. But those, of course, you know, who, well... Not those who bury their heads in the sand, you know. Pretend that everything's okay and everything will be okay. No, those who, those who, no, those who begin to feel their misery and their wretchedness in this world, you know. All the afflictions that come upon you, you know, viruses and the like. And of course, well, the fallout from them too, you know, what they, what they cause us. You know, it brings even more misery, more wretchedness upon us. But maybe, who knows, for you at least anyway, perhaps maybe God sent this virus in order, you know, for, well, to awaken you, you know, to, you know, to your misery and your wretchedness. Because, I mean, take away the virus, the misery doesn't go. Take away the virus, the wretchedness doesn't go. You're miserable from the day you're born to the day you die, and wretched too. Because, you see, it's deep down, it's in your DNA. It's not just the, it's not just the outward circumstances, you know. No, no, my friends, it's deep in the heart, you see. It's sin, you see. It's, you're conceived in sin, says God, in your mother's womb. That's where the sin begins. And then you're born nine, nine months later in sin and you live in it, wallow in it, swim in it. Even though it makes you wretched and miserable, you still delight in it. Because your deeds are evil, says God, you won't come to the light. 
there is light, there is life, there is salvation, there is happiness, eternal, everlasting happiness to begin. There is comfort and consolation in the midst of the misery and wretchedness of this world. You got to come to Jesus to get it, you know. But God is, God is merciful, pitiful. That is towards those in their misery to acknowledge, recognize their misery, you know, their wretchedness. I'm a wretched sinner, you know. I need somebody to deliver me from it. Well, there's only one person can. His name is Jesus. God in His mercy sent His Son Jesus into the world for that very purpose. Think about it. If you will, the Son of God, the mighty, mighty Son of God, all the way from heaven. I just came you know, a couple of miles here, you know, to tell you the good news, but Jesus came all the way from heaven, turned into this miserable, wretched, sin-cursed world in order that a wretched, miserable sinner like you might be delivered in the mercy of God. So why David, the king of Israel, why he prays, uh, he says, Lord, be merciful, be merciful unto me, because he knows God to be merciful. But mercy, of course, is a, an attribute of God, you know. God is love, God is just, God is holy, and God is merciful. And even if he never saved anybody in all the world, from beginning to end, no, oh, he does. But even if he didn't, he would still be merciful. It's part of his being, you see, it's what God is. You know, you say, perhaps, maybe, well, how can we know? We can't see God, so how can we know what he's like? Well, that's why you need the Bible. You look at all creation, you look at everything that God has made, and you can see, you know clearly, that God is, everybody knows that, yeah, you don't need to be taught that, you know that, but in order to come to know what he's really like in essence, in order to come to know him personally in reality, well you need the Bible for that, because the Bible is a more full and clear revelation of God, of what he's like, just holy, good, love, merciful, merciful full of mercy, pity that is, for wretched, miserable sinners. But maybe perhaps the reason you don't have the mercy is because you have, you have not, because you ask not, as the Bible says. You don't get because you don't ask. Jesus says, ask and it shall be given. Does that mean if you don't ask, you don't get? Seek and you shall find, he says. Does that mean if you don't seek, you won't find? Knock, he says, the door will be opened unto you. The door of mercy. But maybe perhaps you, you haven't got God's mercy. You're not a recipient of God's mercy because you've not asked, you've not sought, you've not knocked on the door. You ask and you keep on asking till you get it. Persistent, consistently. You seek and you seek and you seek until you find. You knock and knock and knock until the doors opened unto you. The door of God's mercy, that is. Because He is a merciful God, my friend. Save you from your misery, your wretchedness. Save you from that sinful condition that brings the misery. 
and the wretchedness upon you. You know, a desire, a desire to be out of it, a desire to be delivered, a desire to be relieved from it, from the misery and the wretchedness. Call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's there. He's merciful. He bids you to come. He bids you to pray. He bids you to ask that you might be, that in fact you might be like David, that you might be, might be delivered. But is the desire with you? I mean, as long as you desire your sin, as long as you desire the flesh, the world, and all is emptiness, because that's all it is, my friends. Everything in it, my friends. It's like a swamp full of all the uncleanness and all the vileness of human sin. You know? And men and women, all their lives, they swim about in it to their delight. Preacher comes and tells them to get out of it because judgment's coming. And what do they do? They stick their, ear, their fingers in their ears. And they turn away, they walk away, and they reject the call. And, you know, and so the misery and the wretchedness just, just continues. No mercy, no kindness, no forgiveness, no reconciliation to God. Because all you desire is just the flesh pots of this world. It's just the emptiness and vanity. Preacher says, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 1, the preacher says, vanity, vanity, emptiness, emptiness, all is emptiness. Yeah, without God, without the vertical relationship with your maker, everything on the horizontal in this world, without God, is just utter vanity, emptiness. You chase after bubbles. You chase after empty vessels, my friends. Bigger houses, bigger pensions, you know, more money, celebrity status, vanity, vanity, vanity. What shall it profit you, says Jesus, if you shall gain the whole world and lose your soul? A prophet, all eternity lost, damned, in the damnation of hell without God for all eternity. What shall it profit you if you should gain the whole world? I mean, what would you do with it anyway, if you were to get it? Uh, you can only be in one place at a time. What have you got? A 28-room mansion. You can, only, you, can only live, you can only exist in one room at a time. Uh, what's the profit, my friend? It's all emptiness. But your desires, you know, will govern whether you hear me or not, whether you hear God or not. Your desires, my friends. Is your desire to be right with God? Is your desire to receive His mercy? He's merciful. He's merciful. All oh, to the uttermost. Pity, my friends. Pity for the wretched and miserable. Pity for men and women in their sin. But you have not because you ask not. For that mercy, for that forgiveness, for that reconciliation. And not only, I tell you, not only does he save, not only does he deliver, not only does he forgive, not only does he reconcile us to himself, but he elevates us, sets our feet upon a rock, 
But that the warriors here who humble humbles themselves under the mighty of God under the mighty hand of God. Well God exalts them, you see. But Jesus says the ones who exalt themselves, oh God brings them down. So you know all puffed up your human pride. You know, and you see some of you. What's up with you? Look at the age of you. Eh? And you're still railing against God. Get on your knees. Get on your knees, man. Call out to God for mercy. Or you get the breath of life in you. Tell you there's no fool like an old fool, eh? Like I say, my friends, your desires, your desires will govern whether you will call on the name of the Lord or not. But you exalt yourself in your human pride, you know. You say, I'm okay. You say, I'm good. I don't need... I don't need God, I don't need the gospel, I don't need his forgiveness. I'm a good person and all the rest of it, you know. Nothing new under the sun, I've had it all. But my friends, you just puff yourself up, exalt yourself. And what are you? At the end of the day, what are you, eh? What are you? You're nothing, eh? You think you're everything, you think you're something, you think you're the real deal. And all you are is just a tiny little speck of sinful, vile, defiled dust on the horizon of God's universe. Ready on that day when God blows on you to take you out of this world and stand before him in judgment. So take your stinking pride, take your vile human pride, take it and grind it to dust before the cross of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and cry out to him, as David does here, Lord, be merciful unto me. Because God is mercy, you see, and his mercy, you see, is powerful, so very powerful, I mean, able. I mean, there's some people who will pity you in this world, some people, you know, who will express, you know, mercy to you in this world, but they're not able to help you. You know, you're in distress because of the virus. You're in distress because you're vulnerable. You're in distress, you know, because you're miserable and wretched. And people say, oh, there, there, then, you know. Wish I could help you, but I can't. Can't do anything for you. Powerless, my friends, powerless. But God isn't. God isn't. God's merciful, but he's powerfully merciful. He's able to deliver, my friends. He's able to rescue you from your wretched, miserable, sinful condition. Why he sent his son Jesus Christ into the world that to him that you might be delivered by the mighty, powerful son of God, who I tell you has been tried and tested through the generations all the way back to the beginning and all the way to the end. Men and women have called upon his name and found mercy, found deliverance. Oh. oh, he's got the power. He's got the ability. One man asked Jesus at one point, he said, Lord, if you can do anything, anything, have pity on us, help us. And the answer the man was given was, what do you mean can I help you? Can you believe? That's, that's the question. Not, not as God able, not as God of the power, not can God deliver you in his mercy he can but can you believe can you believe can you go to his son Jesus Christ in faith 
and seek that mercy. That's the question. If you do, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But of course, his mercy is sovereign. It's not given to, doesn't come to everybody. Many, many people, of course, the majority of people has to be said, you know, the, uh, they, they perish in their sin, you know. They perish in their misery. They perish in their, in their wretchedness. They die, you know. And they go to a lost eternity. Because, well, just like you, you know, they have not because they ask not. They didn't seek for God's mercy. Many are called, many hear God's call to repent and believe the gospel, to seek God's mercy, but they don't. They don't, you know, because, well, God says because they're not chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Not everybody, not everybody. God is sovereign, you know. His mercy is his to do with as he pleases, and he gives it, my friend. Well, he gives it, he gives it to whosoever he will. But maybe who knows, you know, where you to call, or you to cry out to him, or you to pray in faith, believing that is. You know that God is merciful, that he is pitiful towards you in your state and condition, whatever that might be, that you might be a recipient that he might be merciful unto you, as he was to King David. It's in his mercy you see that he saves some people, not everybody, but he saves some people, you know, from going to hell. Because, you see, that's the end of sin. It's not just the misery, not just the wretchedness that it causes now. You know, that, that's bad enough. It's not just, the, not just the wretchedness in this world, and of course, well, more to come, you know, it's not, uh, we've not seen the end of the thing yet, you know, there's much, much more to come. Many of the afflictions that come upon men and women in this world, that bring that wretchedness and misery upon them. But of course, my friends, uh, well, the end of it, the fire that's never quenched, says Jesus, the one that never dies, that is, you know, a fully awakened conscience in the damnation of hell, never, never to be pacified, never to be extinguished. So now is the time, you know, because when you breathe your last, it's too late then. It's appointed unto man wants to die. Something's going to take you, you know, out of this world. Well, namely God, but he'll use, he'll use whatever means. COVID-19, an earthquake, a tsunami, a car accident, an insect. He'll use something to take you out of this world because it's divinely appointed unto man wants to die. After that comes the judgment. Then you stand before God, my friend. Then it's your allotted place in eternity. Something worth considering, you know, as the second wave comes upon you. Your masks won't help, believe me. Your masks will not help. No, my friends, no mask will save you from the judgment to come. Something, if it's not COVID-19, something will take you out of this world. You'll stand before God and you'll be given your allotted place in eternity. In the damnation of hell, sir, in that 
bottomless pit of blackness and darkness forever or a heavenly mansion with God and with His Son, Jesus Christ, forever, all eternity. It's a long, long, long time. If you're wrong, it's a long, long time. So I bid you, my friends, in light of the mercy of God that you call, as King David did, that you call upon God and become a recipient of His mercy. Lord, be merciful unto me, says King David. And he says, uh, he says, heal my soul. Heal my soul. You see, David begins in the right place, you know, not with the outward. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, heal me from the COVID-19. He doesn't say, heal me, you know, from my outward afflictions, uh, from, the, from the wretchedness and the misery, you know, all the outward circumstances of life. No, he says, heal my soul. He goes to the heart of the problem because it's the heart of the problem that's the problem. It's your heart that's the problem. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, says God. So I thought, you know, my friends, that's where you have to begin with the heart. And of course, the cry for God's mercy has to come from the heart. Because it's the heart that's the problem and the heart that needs healing. Surgery, my friends, divine surgery. Jesus, to open up your heart and take out the poison of sin and to clean, cleanse your heart and, of course, to heal and to restore your heart to God in His mercy, of course, in His great, great mercy. So you see, it's the heart that's the source of all the trouble in the world. That is not the trouble you care to name. Whether it be viruses, you know, whether it be earthquakes, whatever it be, my friends, the source, every problem, every trouble known to men and women, young and old alike, right to the very source, the heart, my friends, the heart. How you doing, guys? Hi. Here for a lesson? Yeah. Okay. You need to be listening carefully then. What are we talking about today? Uh, oh, what are you talking about today? How you can get forgiven. You've got, you've got a heart that's poisoned. You've got a heart that's diseased. You know where all the problems in humanity come from? No. The heart. The heart, listen up to me. The heart is deceitful, God says. Listen, the heart is deceitful. I like your coat, by the way. So do I. Deceitful and desperately wicked, right? Yeah. That's why you go always gravitate towards that which is false. Because your heart's false, right? Oh, so you believe false. you believe nonsense like evolution. Yeah. You believe nonsense like false religion. You believe anything that's contrary to what God says. Because you got a deceitful heart. You always look for that which is deceitful. Your heart's like a magnet. <laughs> And it draws the deceitful, yeah? Yeah. The truth, the truth, the truth mend your heart. The truth make you free, says Jesus. Set you free from that deceit, yeah? Yeah. So what's the truth? The truth is that God is. You know that. You don't need telling that. You know he is. God is, yeah? God is. God made heaven and earth, heaven and earth, made you for his glory. And here's the thing. You don't glorify him with your life. 
When you come to the end, uh, you breathe your last, you get this water. You young now, yeah, you think you're gonna live forever, but you're not. Yeah, yeah. Even been around the block twice. Yeah, you're gonna come to the end of your life, you're gonna breathe your last, and that might not be too far away. And you stand before God, and you give account to God for everything you've done. Jesus says every idle word that you've ever spoken, you give account for. Serious business, guys. You need to get right with God. How do you get right with God? Here's a big question. How do you get right with God? Keyboard? Eh? No, not, not going to church Repent doesn't do it. What? Repent? Yes, that's good, that's good. That's good. Come on, give me some more. Give me some more. How do you get right, how do you get right with God? Come on. What? Yeah, that's good, but that's not it. That's, it. that's starting so, Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give me, give me. Being good. No, 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 that's the last thing, Matt. That's all. You can't be good. You can't be good. There's none good, says God. There's none that does good. What's that word called? You're not good. That's good too, but that's not the answer. That's not how you get right with God. That's not how do you get... Come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on. How do we get right with God? Come on. One thing and one thing only. What's benevolent mean How do you get right with God? Yeah, but no, but what? Blah, blah, blah. no, no, no. you can't, you can't. What? Let, let, let me tell you, let me tell you, one thing, one thing only. Let, let, listen, 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 girls, girls, listen to me. Here's the answer. One thing, one thing only. Faith. Believing, listen, 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 believing on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah. That only. The minute, the minute that a sinner believes, right? The minute a sinner believes, God, the judge, makes the declaration. That person, that person is right before God. Faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Yeah. yeah. Salvation, that's what we're talking about today, people. And how you can get how you can get right with God. How you can receive the mercy of God. Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he paid the price, he says how. He saved us. That's what no 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 no. No 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 no. No. You haven't believed. You haven't believed. You're not saved until you believe. Yeah, God you're not saved. You're not saved until you believe. God gives and takes life, remember? Yes. yes. Remember that one? Yes. That's right. But listen, hey. Oh, what's your first name? Tom. Tom, Jimmy. Tom. Tom. You're not saved until you believe. You're not saved until you believe. On Jesus. So faith you see is required in order to receive the mercy of God. Have a good day, guys. Have a good day. Stay safe, yeah. So like you say, friends, you know, it's a, it's a matter of faith. You're not believing. The person receives the mercy, the kindness of God, because Jesus Christ, you see, has paid. He's done the work that we can't do. You know, he's paid the penalty we can't pay. Has to be Jesus because only Jesus died for sinners. You know, you go other world religions, you know, but uh, 
that doesn't cut it, you know. Pope of Rome didn't die for sinners. Buddha didn't die for sinners. Muhammad didn't die for sinners. Jesus Christ died for sinners. He paid the penalty. He took the rap on himself so that the sinner who believes in him, who trusts in him, receives the mercy of God. I said, David, praise you. Say, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul because only Jesus, he's the mighty healer. The healer that is of men's diseased and poisoned hearts. The hearts of men and women are toxic. It's a heart that's a problem. And again, religion, you see. Religion change on the outside, change the way you dress, change places you go, people you meet with, but it won't change your heart. Going to church doesn't change your heart. Going to a synagogue doesn't change your heart. Going to a mosque doesn't change your heart. Only Jesus can heal the heart, the soul, the inward, my friend. It's the inward that needs dealing with, the heart. And only Jesus, only the mighty Son of God can do that. The worst of all your troubles, all your troubles, my friend, whatever they be, I tell you, they stem from one place and one place only, your heart. Because out of the heart comes evil thoughts, says Jesus. Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murder, fornication, all kinds of immorality, theft, blasphemy. Every evil under the sun comes out of the heart. And why the heart, how the soul, the inner man must needs be changed first. But when the heart's changed, when the heart's healed, when the soul is mended, when God has saved your soul in his mercy and loving kindness, my friends, then the outward changes too. You make the tree good, you make the fruit good, you make man's heart good, and you make the rest of them good. But it begins with the heart. And that's why David cries. He says, heal my, heal my soul. The sickness, the sickness of the soul, my friend, is a dreadful disease. It's a disease worse than any virus. Huh? COVID-19 has taken its thousands out of this world. Sin has taken its billions, billions out of this world. And only God and Jesus Christ only he can heal you of that dreadful, appalling, awful disease, my friends. The disease of the soul. Disease of the heart. Sin, my friends. And so, my friends, my friends, when you feel, when you feel the weight, the weight of the guilt, my friends, when you get a spark, just one tiny spark, I tell you, of the divine wrath dropped into your conscience. Just one tiny little drop. I tell you, it will alarm you, alarm you in a way you never thought possible. Your bones will be shaking. You'll turn as pale as death. Oh, oh my friends, the wrath of God is upon you because of all your ungodliness and unrighteousness, but you're not even aware of it. But God was to drop just a tiny drop of his wrath. 
into your conscience, I tell you. It'll awaken you, alarm you, and distress you like no other, no other virus or anything else would do. Then, though, then maybe perhaps you would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Then maybe perhaps you would cry out to him like David, Lord, be merciful unto me, heal my soul. Maybe then, maybe then you would call in that day of trouble and God would answer you as he promises to do. When you feel the weight, the burden of, of guilt upon your conscience, and that guilt, my friends, is building up day by day. You're treasuring up wrath for the day of wrath. As long as you walk in God's earth, the burden, my friends, the load, the weight of guilt is growing by the day. And my friends, you begin to feel the weight of that guilt upon your conscience. There's only one place to go. Only one who can relieve you of the burden of that guilt. And that's the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Mighty to save, I tell you. Mighty. Burden of your guilt is mighty. But he's mightier. To lift that burden and bid you come unto me, he says, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. He is merciful, my friend. Oh, the heart of the problem. David comes to it. For I have sinned against thee, he said. For I have sinned against thee, sin is against God. Oh, you wrong your fellow man. You wrong your neighbor. You murder your neighbor. You, you steal from your neighbor. You curse your neighbor. You offend your neighbor in many, many ways. But you don't sin against your neighbor. You only sin against God. It's against God that you sin. And so it's his mercy you need. Says forgiveness that you need, no others. But my friends, there is mercy with God. That's why David cries, my friend. There is forgiveness with God that he might be feared, says David later on. The heart of the gospel, my friends, the good news. The testimony of God that he is, that you know. But my friends, that he's a forgiving, that he's a merciful God. To those who call upon his name, those who seek his grace, those who seek after his mercy. Oh, oh, my friend, you have sinned all your days long. Since that moment you were born, you have sinned. God gives you good guests to enjoy in this world. And what do you use them for? You use them in the service of sin. You use them to sin against God. Oh, Oh, my dear friends, there's mercy, I tell you, there's mercy. Mercy with God, forgiveness with God. But you need to come to that place where David has come to, recognizing, acknowledging. It's a, it's a prayer of confession, you see. It's a good example for you. You say, perhaps, maybe I've never never prayed in all my life. I wouldn't know how to. Wouldn't know, even know where to begin. Well, here you are. Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. But you have to come to that place, you see, of self-loathing. You know, abhorring yourself because, you know, because you are sin. Walking, breathing, talking sin. 
all you are before God and setting all your days and in need of the forgiveness and the mercy of God. So my friends, confess it. Bible, God says that he is faithful and just to forgive those who confess their sin. So confess your sin, you're like knowledge. Cry out to God for his mercy. See if you will. Look into your own heart and see the poison. The deceitfulness of your own heart, my friend. Oh, some people will tell you, just go with your heart, you know. Just go where your heart takes you. That's, that's the worst advice you can possibly be given. Because your heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked. No. Eh? I got a Bible, yeah. Yeah, you want one? Oh, yeah. Gladly. How's your eyesight? Alright. Is it good? I've had a brief Cadillac stuff. Okay. And Jesus was there when I, yeah. when I had him done. I had him. Give me a second. Got a... Yeah, there it is. That's small print, is that okay? Yes, sir. Ah, you read that, yeah? Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome, my dear, you're welcome. Enjoy, eh? I see friends, you know, it's, uh, it's a starting place, you know, you confess, you know, you call upon the name of the Lord. And as he promises, you know, salvation. Salvation, but you got to come to see the hideous nature of your sin. You know, the, the reality of what you are and what you are like, you know? Not as you imagine yourself to be, you know? Deluded, you know? The, not, not good. None good, says God, none that doeth good. And so my friends, all in need of the mercy. Mercy, the loving kindness of God in providing you with a way out, a way of escape, a way by which you can be reconciled to God. That that hideous, nature of sin because that's your nature conceived in sin born in sin so therefore a sinful nature out of which comes nothing but sin so until the nature is changed oh there's no change anywhere else but you can become a partaker of the divine nature that nature can be changed what jesus means when he said you must be born again your nature must be changed Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The nature must be changed. You make the tree good, you make the fruit good. But the fruit of your life is not good. Why? Because the, the root of your being is not good. Bad. Very bad. Very, very bad. Only then, my friends, when you come to realization, of what it is that you are in Adam, our first parents, you know, yours and mine. He brought the sin into the world and has passed through gener natural generation, through the generations, all the way down the line, all of us, born in sin, conceived and born in sin, sinners by nature, all of us. 
and doing nothing but sin. All our days, my friends, and mounting up the debt day by day. Only then when you come to the realization of what it is that you are in reality. See the hideousness, dreadful hideousness of sin. Only then, my friends, only then will you see how precious redemption is. Only then will you come to a realization of how precious the mercy, mercy of God is. In the gospel, in the good news, that Christ died for the ungodly, that Christ died for sinners, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, to heal their soul. So there's your cry, Lord, be merciful unto me, heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee, that you might be forgiven. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. Today, my friends, not tomorrow, now. Whatever state, whatever condition you be in today, today, my friends, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. But my friends, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. So, my friends, you like uh, check these things out, you know, the words of Jesus. Uh, got some Bibles here, New Testaments, Gospels. You like a copy of God's Word, gladly give to you. Read for yourself, check it out, see if these things are so. Ah, uh, but uh, read the words of Jesus. You know, repent and believe the Gospel, for the Kingdom of God is at hand. God now commanded all men everywhere to repent and believe the gospel. You like a copy of God's word, check it out for yourself. Offer to you quite freely, no cost, no obligation to you. You like one, feel free to come and ask for one. May God bless you and have mercy, mercy you castle upon your precious, precious, never dying soul.